Hi, this is Rich. And this is Kyle. Welcome to episode four of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week is Take to the Skies by Enter Shikari. Let's get into it. I've, uh, for some reason, I wrote episode two, so I'm really glad oh! I ad-libbed and said four. <laughs> you ad-libbed the correct number. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm getting really good at this. <laughs> you are. You're so professional. So good. Anyway, it sounds like you had some news for me. I did. Um, well, I mean, I've got potential news. This is the problem. So. Okay. Yeah, so I... Well, this doesn't have to go into the show. <laughs> no, it's fine. This can be the intro, if you like. I don't mind. Um, so I have to, I have secured the warehouse job, um, which was the first domino falling into securing a potential house to rent. Because obviously yes. they, need, they needed to check against my permanent job so that I could That's pay the really rent. That's really good. But yeah, they, yeah. Uh, they, yeah. So fingers crossed. What about you? How's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's been okay. We did our first bit of actual socialising at the weekend. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, we went to the park and saw friends and had some drinks and Bloody yeah, it's like wow. real life. Again. <laughs> it was like a normal England, non-dystopian yeah. England. Yeah. Wow, I'm so happy for you. I probably shouldn't mention brands, but I found <laughs> a a drink in the supermarket, which was a cider brand has done yeah. uh, done some flavored rum. Okay, and so you can get a can of cherry rum and Coke. Okay. It just tastes like cherry coke, and it gets you a little bit drunk. It's great. <laughs> all right, I'll tell all my friends. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I just just remembered you don't drink. So there's of no was... use to you. But... <laughs> but I might, you know, I might get in with some people by telling them about it. Exactly. Oh, did you know? <laughs> did you? I've heard tell of a special room. Also, I know I literally didn't know that story, but I love my favorite thing uh, of the past three episodes. The is the up is the up top chat where we act as if we don't talk to each other for the week. <laughs> Yes, I try. I try to refrain from telling you what the thing that I'm gonna <laughs> keep as my exciting one thing from the week. Yes, you did say that you'd have trouble, didn't you? <laughs> uh, why are we here, Kyle? What are we doing? We are talking about an album that I'd never heard before by a band I've never really mm. listened to called Enter Shikari. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So you'd never listened to the album before. You'd never really listened to them before. Uh huh. Um. So that's good going in because, as we've both discovered, that's quite a fun way to access an album. It is. Uh, so for me, th- this was part of the thing that we wanted to do with this podcast was sort of revisit albums that we used to listen to yes. when we were younger and sort yes. of see if they still hold up and, and if they're actually good and, and things. So this was an album that was very much you know, in my top rotations when I was oh, about okay. 17, 18. Yeah. When I was starting to go to festivals and house mm-hmm. parties and stuff, it's, you know, it, it's got that sort of sound to it. Yes. Um, so it's interesting going back to it. I mean, I haven't listened to it since then. So. Oh, bloody hell. Okay, so it's, I mean, that's quite cool. That's the two very different mm. perspectives, I think. Yeah. Um. So what did you think? Uh. I mean, I'm not going to beat about the bush. I, this is... The, the worst week I've had so far on this podcast. Yeah, same. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that makes me feel better. I was worried you were going to be like, it's still a classic. Uh, and then and then we'd be uh, a bit of a, a bit of, uh, you know, like loggerheads all episode. But um, yeah, like, you know, there are there are parts of it that I that I like. Um, but yeah, for the most part, this was this was more of a slog than any of the other weeks have been by a long shot. Yeah, I found myself sort of thinking uh, I should listen to it again. Yeah. As opposed to like even last week, like there were songs I didn't like, but I was like, I'm going to listen to this album again, like excited yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. I think I listened to it maybe five or six times, and uh, I think only three of those times were all the way through. The other times <laughs> I like listened to half of it, and then I listened to the other half like a couple of hours later because I couldn't bring myself to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, I mean it's, it's like quite long, fifty-five minutes. Yeah, it's like fifty, fifty something minutes. 53 yeah, fifty-three minutes. minutes. And, and for what it yeah. is, that's you know, I mean, some of these yeah. songs are pretty long in themselves yeah i agree especially considering like you said soundgarden was what an hour and six minutes or something last week yeah and i know they're my favorite band so it probably doesn't stock up but like you said you even you didn't mind listening to that you know and you the first no. time you heard it you didn't like it at all really so yeah it says something i think that that an album that's 15 minutes shorter was was harder to listen to yeah definitely um okay so a little bit of background on the album um enter were before this they were a three piece um yeah. they formed in 1999 as a band called hybrid with two y's yes um and then in 2003 rory joined them on guitar uh, and they changed their name to enter shikari and then over the next few years they released a lot of demos and they sort of what i find interesting about them is they really did you know a very sort of punk diy set up mm-hmm. you know they yeah. were selling albums at their own shows really gaining popularity that way they were very much the myspace success yes every review i read bbc enemy rock sound pitchfork all these things they all specifically mention their myspace following yeah in the absolutely album review. yeah um, and I, I think it is a big part. Yeah, the first I saw, they seem to be like, the numbers seem to be growing. <laughs> I'm sure I saw one, I'm sure, that was like, they've got 85,000 MySpace followers. And then the next one I read was like, they're 100,000 MySpace followers. I was like, oh, God. Yes. Yeah. It's nonstop. Oh, God. I don't know if that's like one one person wrote it a couple of days later and it was growing yeah. that much. I no, know. neither do I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw that they they did actually play the Astoria, like just from, just from MySpace and self-release stuff yeah, they, they they sold out the story yeah they did they are and i knew this anyway they were the they, the second band uh, the second unsigned band ever to sell out london Astoria. wow the first being the darkness oh wow okay. yeah the da- yeah so uh yeah you're right but yeah that's a really right interesting fact it's a cool fact isn't it i don't know how i knew the darkness were the first but yeah yeah like you say doing that entirely off the back of your own literally off myspace is like you say that's yeah. probably a lot of the stuff we were reading like you say a lot of the reviews i read were talking about how at the time obviously in 2007 they're all saying maybe this signifies a shift in the market to online like promotion mm. and things and obviously here we are 13 years later and that's like the way everybody does it yeah and then they uh, came to release take to the skies in 2007 again just doing it off their own backs they set mm-hmm. up a record label themselves yeah um called what was it called? Let me find the... Oh, I saw this. God damn it. <laughs> Ambush oh, Reality. There you go. Released the album and they got to number four in the UK charts from yeah. doing that, which is pretty amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, that is. Like we, Obviously, we can, we can and we will say what we want about this album, but the success that they reached and the fact that they did it all themselves is pretty incredible. This album sold 200,000 copies. 
Yeah. Which is double Leviathan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they did, and they released it themselves, like you say. It doesn't matter yeah. how you feel about them is irrelevant to like what they did, especially being maybe the first band, you know, to, to maybe do it. And yeah, and they did it. They pulled it. And off. I think that's probably a lot of what we'll talk about today is that even though it might not be our favorite thing, they were doing a lot of new stuff and combining these two genres they're not the first band to do it but by this point it wasn't sort of common for bands to be mixing dubstep and trance and no metal. not at all yeah yeah oh, i guess we should say up top just because we will talk about them the lineup is Rao reynolds is the singer and keyboardist uh chris batten is the bassist rob rolf is the drummer and rory Klulau. i don't know say i don't have a clue Clello, uh, the, Clue, yeah, God. Yeah, he's the guitarist. Rory is the guitarist. <laughs> uh, and actually, Rory. until I watched interviews for this, I always thought his name was Rue Reynolds. Uh, but it's apparently Rao. Oh, is it Rao? I've been saying Rue every time yeah. I read it all week. Rao, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, what was it short for? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> short for something. So the name comes from uh, Shikari means the hunter in Hindi. Yeah. Um, and Rao had an uncle who was a fisherman. Uh, he had a boat called Shikari. Okay. Uh, I guess called, you know, the hunter. Um, so they were going to call the band the Shikari, as in the hunter, but then they decided enter Shikari is a little bit more badass. So they went with that. It is. It's a great name. It is a good name. And I guess that segues us nicely into the first song, which is called Enter Shikari. We should, yeah, we should mention that we are listening to potentially like a, a different version than people at home might be listening to, depending on where they're listening. Um, so you, Correct. yeah, you told me, I think at the end of last week's episode, you said that the album had 17 tracks on it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've been listening on Spotify where they have condensed a lot of the interludes and things into into other tracks so that it's only 13 tracks long. You said, I know it started with a, a track, but you said they were, how many interludes were there? Uh, so originally, uh, there was a short song called Stand Your Ground, This Is Ancient Land, and then it, a different song called Enter Shikari in the version we're listening to. That's all clubbed together to be Enter Shikari. Yeah. Uh, then throughout the album, there were four interludes, which on the CD were actually just blank spaces, but they're commonly known as interlude one, two, three, and four. Most of them have just been put into other songs, which is why some of them are nearly six minutes long. Yes. Um, one of them, so interlude two, which is originally after Today Won't Go Down in History before Return to Energizer, that's now reprise number one. And what was originally called closing is now called reprise two. Okay, <laughs> of course. So there was, a, there was a top track, four interludes and closing. Now we've got two reprises and... Some longer songs, and so, basically. Yeah, and lots of longer songs. So let's get started with track number one, which is Enter Shikari. Yeah, fittingly. Um, yeah, yeah. And I find it strange when bands do this, name a song after their band name. Yeah. Especially in this instance, which it's the first song on their first album. Yeah. <laughs> it really sort of suggests it's an absolute statement of what they're going to be about for the rest of their career, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It's like, it's, it's just intent 101 and... It had, yeah. be- it had better be good. There's actually, not that it's the debut or anything, but it just always makes me think, I can't even remember who, so this is a stupid anecdote to be telling on a podcast. <laughs> but there is a band, and they had their name, and then they had the self-titled album, and then on the self-titled album, they had a song that was named after themselves. So when you looked at it on Spotify, it was just like the same word three times in a row. And that was Amazing. Just, it was so good. So pointless. I think, um, 
I think Iron Maiden did that. Oh, did they? I mean... I mean, I know Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath both had songs called those things. Oh. Um, and they they also both had self-titled albums. Then maybe maybe that's so what I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm might thinking have been of... one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this song is a statement of intent. And it, it sort of does hold up in that respect because it talks a lot about the environment. It's a very literal song about that, which is something they go on to talk about a lot more. Not much in this album, but a lot more in their later career i mean mothership and johnny sniper are both quite um explicitly about the environment but not so much so um i mean later on they've got a song called arguing with thermometers which is about climate change and and why it's clearly a thing yeah (laughs) um so yes maybe this is like a very early idea for for what's to come in years to come no but you're right yeah i think like uh i um because they've always been on my periphery like I've never paid much attention to them but I think I remember one of their later singles being very much climate change and and I and I think I thought oh they're they're a climate change band and then not yeah. really at least not on this album not it's a bit there but it's it's not uh not at the forefront in most of the songs yeah I mean having just listened to all our gods have abandoned us yep <laughs> if I was going to pick one climate change album <laughs> I think it would be that one <laughs> oh, all right before we get too far it's probably worth us talking about the different, the plethora of vocal opportunities <laughs> in this album, yeah, uh, of which there are uh, many. That's a good um, way of putting it. Yeah. How how did you find Rao's vocals? Uh, so he has. Let me think. One, two. He has about four four distinct vocal stylings, uh, and I like yeah. I like exactly one of them. Uh, can I guess which one? It's. Is it his clean singing? It is his clean vocals. Yeah. What a guess. <laughs> That's the same as me, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like, and it's also seemingly the one he uses most, like, sparingly. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's got, like, he's got his shouty shout. He's got his, uh, mm-hmm. like, talking in a London accent. Yeah, geezer. He's got his, yeah. Um, he's got his, like, death metal absolute like guttural kind of noise yeah and then he has like you know relatively nice singing with some falsetto-y stuff that sounds quite good and he yeah i mean he his his clean singing he's not the best singer but i think it works for what they're doing yeah um whereas yeah as you say his screaming shouting is (laughs) you can really tell he's struggling to do what he's doing and you know, it's it's not even like he's getting there, but he's struggling. Like I just think it just falls short. Yeah, I agree. And like uh, considering two episodes ago, we were listening to uh, uh, Sam from Architects, like just be the greatest. Yeah, absolute uh, masterclass of yeah, screaming. Uh, yeah, how exactly to do it? Yeah, it just uh, doesn't quite live up to that, does it? No, it doesn't. But you know, as you say, his his clean vocals are pretty decent and especially when him and Chris, you know, later on in the album, they put together some nice harmonies. They really do, Chris. At some yeah. points. Yeah, Chris has a really nice voice. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, okay, so that sort of takes us from Enter Shikari. In this version of the album, there are real sort of two-second, three-second silences between the songs, but I feel like originally they would have just flowed between one yeah. another. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the first two are, you know, an example of that. It, it does, it feels like it should just go straight into Mothership, and especially those first... Um, chants in Mothership, it sounds almost like another 
uh, another bridge for the opening song. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like a continuation from the end of the last track. It does. It feels like, like you say, if you weren't paying attention to the pause in the middle, you might think, oh, this song's still going. Yeah. And then no, it yeah. happens to be like track two or whatever. Yeah, agreed. So, so we've already said that this song is, is sort about the environment, but yeah. it's it sort of misses the point as well, doesn't it? Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, it does. Because it's it's very much more about aliens than it is about the planet. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a, it's a strange way to frame uh, an environmental song. Yeah. As to be like, it's about abduction and then the aliens told us we were doing bad things to the planet. Yeah, and I think there's, there's other songs like that, um, like No Sweat, it's talking about you know how workforces are treated badly by uh yes. by the higher ups but it just goes in on this this idea of that biting the hand that feeds you and it just turns yeah. into a song literally about biting hands rather than about yeah. the actual <laughs> issue at hand no pun not yeah. intended there but um yeah i think they they take these very fictional ideas from what they actually want to talk about and they they sort of forget about the original point and they go very yeah. much into the fictional bit yeah they hone in on the wrong part yeah. of the story yeah they like do they've got they've got maybe maybe a cool idea about aliens you know like trying to tell us to do better but then they focus on the aliens. but so then it goes into walk the plank yeah walk the plank like what are you talking about i actually found a quote from rao about this song um and he okay. says it was one of the first ones we wrote that was influenced by ecology and environmentalism i suppose this and johnny sniper were the first to go in that direction mothership is all about being abducted by aliens who are trying to warn the human race <laughs> about what we're doing to the planet it talks about a spaceship hovering over earth and aliens having humans walk the plank and they plummet down to earth and die it's like he i feel like he's just completely forgotten what he started writing about yeah absolutely and also at no point does it say about people walking the plank and dying it just says walk the plank yeah and i, I think they do that a lot they, really... they, they get one phrase that they obviously really like and it works as a chant and they probably <laughs> think this is going to work really well in the live show and they just go yeah absolutely. we're just going to repeat this a ton of times a hundred times yeah. yeah um but then infused in that song also are some decent lyrics about the environment you know saying there's something in the air um your answers are always lying on the ocean bed which is a reference to coral bleaching which was like a really early sign of global mm-hmm. warming so that they yeah they clearly do know what they're trying to talk about and they've got some good ideas yeah. in the lyrics but then yeah i mean the majority of the song is just about aliens yeah <laughs> they're just they're just yeah and if, and the wrong if your statement is we need to sort of wake people up about changing the world I think that message is going to get lost if you if you start talking about aliens. I think so. I think if that's how Bill Nye went about his uh, <laughs> yeah. his climate change talks, it probably wouldn't go down very well. Mm. He wouldn't get his message across. What I do like about this song, though, um, I feel like we're just going to end up ragging on all the songs, but um, <laughs> what I do like about this song is that it opens really heavy. And I mean, it is generally a, a pretty heavy song. Yeah, it that is. That intro with the like quite haunting... Uh, synth um, that's just like by itself and then it just comes straight in with this huge chord yeah um, it is pretty cool they're in um, did you check the tuning again the old I tuning did, I check didn't, didn't check the tuning 
They're in the same as uh, Architects, but without the um, the bottom string tuned down like ridiculously. So they're in uh, open. They're in sorry. They're in C sharp standard. Right. Okay. So down a step and a half from from normal. So it is pretty heavy. Yeah. Um, and it does sound good. And they what they so they stay in that for the whole album. As far as, far as I could tell, pretty much every tab I looked at was was no, C sharp. Nothing standard. crazy going on later on. <laughs> no, no Soundgarden all ease. Okay. <laughs> yeah. None of that nonsense. So then we get on to anything can happen in the next half hour, which. I used to really like as it's quite poppy. It's you know it's talking about raves and it's got a very sort of partyish feel to it. But then you read the lyrics and it's very sinister. Yeah, it. Uh, I couldn't quite believe what I was reading the first time I read it because mm. I I was the same. I was thinking like, oh, this is this is quite creepy. Maybe it resolves as the song goes on, and then yeah, it doesn't resolve. It almost like doubles down on on what seems to just be a man stalking a woman in a club, and she's sort of like. She doesn't know about it, so so that's all so right. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, when's this going to turn into he's a twat? And it doesn't. No, it, it really just sort of leaves it open as to what side it's going to sort of uh, take. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, Yeah, it's quite an ambiguous, like, omnipresent view, which I guess is like, I mean, no, it's not. I was going to say it's okay, but not. I feel like in this context, it's not okay. No, I mean, a lot of things, it's you know like, I mean? you know, yeah, people can have their opinions. But if we're, you know, if we're talking about sexual assault, I don't think people can have their opinions. I think there's a right and a wrong. I agree with you. There are 100% is. Yeah. Uh, and this, this song doesn't seem to want to put the foot down. No, absolutely. And did you read about where the the line we've had this date from the beginning, where that comes from? I did not know. So that's where's, a quote where's it from? from a streetcar named Desire. Uh, oh, good. Which, which is said literally in the same scene just before someone is sexually assaulted. So, it's sort of uh, the song is is very grey, and then it's just like, no, no, don't worry, this is what we meant. <laughs> you you were right. You were right. This guy is about to do this. Yeah. And yeah. So the second verse, word for word, is uh, everything seems to be closing in on her. It feels like she's being hunted, but it's all right. It's all good. She's not aware of his stare. Yeah. So. That and then literally the line after that is we've had this date from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. As I say, I used to sort of enjoy this as a bit of an anthem, and sort of put a bit of a downer on it now that I realised what I was listening to. Um, yes. I mean, maybe that's on me for not hearing the lyrics before, and you know, I, I probably wasn't as sort of tuned in to thinking about that sort of stuff when I was eighteen and listening yeah. to music. I well, I probably. I still wouldn't be that tuned into thinking, hang on, is is this song advocating sexual assault? Because generally they don't. <laughs> yeah, that's true, because you don't um, normally have to think about that, do you? Yeah, yeah. Um, that said, there is a great riff in this song. Uh, yes. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of great riffs on the album. It's just they're marred by what's over the top of them. Yeah, this riff does quite an interesting thing. I think probably most of the albums in 4-4 but they do a lot mm-hmm. of, like the riff in this song has little phrases of threes and twos and fours and threes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually adds up to 16, but it never really feels like it's actually on time until you get there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do love that sort of thing. Yeah. I love when they play like through a rhythm until it meets up again. Yeah. Um, and then before we get to Labyrinth, there's a there's another minute to this song, which of is sort of a subliminal message with like heavily affected vocals. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, from what I can tell, they're just urging you to carry on listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they know what they've just done with that song. Maybe they're saying, look, I'm sorry yeah. about that. Please keep yeah. listening. The rest isn't like this. We don't endorse like yeah. sexual assault in the rest of the album. Then yeah, why is it there? Right, you don't. 
<laughs> exactly. Then why don't you just get rid of that fucking song? My God. Okay, so then that takes us into Labyrinth. I will say now, I don't really like Labyrinth. This was one of the yeah. <laughs> one of the songs that I I do not like because it it's got a very the the riff that uh, opens it that sort of follows the vocal melody is so kind of big and poppy and thick synths and yeah. it's, it I feel like it doesn't actually fit that well because it's so overly poppy. Yeah, it is a very poppy intro, especially after the last few songs, which are yeah. you know like. Like maybe catchy, but not not quite as poppy. This um, I will say, I I like the um, well I th- I thought I liked the chorus in this song, mm. but um, like upon second listen, I somehow had missed something, right. and that is that in the left ear there is maybe one of the worst decisions I've ever heard in songwriting history, which is that a man just goes stand, <laughs> and then and then he goes yo, and I don't. I don't understand it. I, I've, every time I listen to it, I just will him to not show up. And every time he does... He really does. There's that, and then there's the, the bridge where he sort of gives a commentary on, on what's going to happen with the character. And it yes. really reminds me of... Uh, did you ever play Pokemon Stadium on Nintendo, uh, Nintendo 64? <laughs> oh, was it on 64? You know I did. Yeah, I think it was on 64. Yeah, 64, yeah. Um, and I, I don't even remember, because I didn't actually have the game. I just used to play it at my mate's houses. But... I feel like that had a very similar sort of commentary and this song and like the fanfare in Johnny Sniper, it all feels yeah. like similar to that. This is the song where, I mean, you're four songs in. Honestly, if they turned around now in 2020 and said, this has all been a massive prank, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. No, neither would I. There are moments on this album that I just don't, I just don't know what's going on and I'm just like... Why is that in there? Like, I know, like we said, I know they were like self-produced and, you know, self-released so they could kind of do whatever the hell they wanted. Mm. But it does feel kind of like they just put, they just threw everything at the wall and no one told them no. Yeah. And so the album's just full of, just full of crap. Yeah. Not, not even like, I don't, I don't even mean crap. There's a soundbite. I, like, I don't even mean necessarily like crap songs. I just mean like, on list, all the times they must have listened to this song back, no one thought stand should be removed no like, i mean it's, it's got to be were a they joke, just taking surely. the piss yeah. like yeah that's what i mean but like who's it a joke on us for listening or like yeah do they, do they not care it's so weird it is weird and i mean this this album is basically made up of i think there's maybe three or four songs on it that weren't previously released as demos so they released all their demos and things and then they got to a point where they're releasing their first album and where most bands would say okay we've done our demos we've done our eps let's write our first album they just turned around and said, I think we've released enough songs that if we put them together, they're an album. So let's just re-release them. Yeah. <laughs> I think No Sweat wasn't on there before. Okay. And maybe a couple of others. Yeah, like, and it's it's hard to know without listening to the demos, like, did they edit themselves in any way? Or like, did they just take a song they'd written like five years before and be like, yeah, that's good enough. Let's put it on the album. Like, did they do any sort of, maybe we should double check this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously they re-recorded them I think I read that they didn't re-record the synths. I think oh. the synths are as they were, and then they re-recorded the instruments. Okay, well, I, I mean, now's a good time to say it. I um, I don't really like the synths on this album, Richard. Yeah? Tell me more. Yeah, I I just don't think they they add anything. Like, I get I get the mix of, of the, the, the club and the rock, and I get that, you know, like you say, in a live setting, uh, it would probably be something that's really cool to get into but 
there is no there's no point on this album where I listened to the, a synth came in and I was like, oh, I'm glad that synth's there. It's definitely brought a, a a new angle to this song. Like, yeah, I just thought, oh, there's some beep boop beep boop beep boop beep boop over the top of yeah. some like riffing. And if it wasn't there, I'd probably be enjoying the riff a bit more, to be honest. Yeah, I I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I mean I was definitely coming to this album as a metal fan, and I was yes. probably enjoying the heavier stuff. You know, I was in my head I was flagging Mothership and and songs like that because they are the heavier songs. But then there were people that listened to Enthusiakari that were coming at it as uh you know like electronic fans and like dance yep. fans and they were probably hearing the songs that were less like that. You know, they were probably more into things like Labyrinth and um, Johnny Sniper and things like that because they're more dancey. Mm-hmm. And I think that what they got, got to hand it to them that they did manage to somehow bring metal fans and dance fans into the same sort of arena. And these dance fans that Absolutely. originally wouldn't have enjoyed metal, they're, they're now listening to some really heavy vocals, but they're yeah. hearing dance music. Yeah, and that's pretty impressive. Yeah, just yeah, I, I agree. Like, just because I don't necessarily like it doesn't mean you can't applaud what it's done. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the what what it achieved. Absolutely. Yeah. Therefore, Labyrinth is an interesting example because Labyrinth and Johnny Sniper both fade and thin out so that elements of the song come out until it's just the synth, and it sort of strips it yeah. down to this very basic boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. and you're like hang on is is that the spine of the song i've just been listening to yeah <laughs> um and did you yeah. did you did ever have bamboo um dance ej on your computers at school no i did dance ej no what's that so when we were like i don't know like 12 13 there was like a computer in the music room um and it would have i guess it was a very early predecessor or rival to garage band um in that oh. it was like a loops program that you could okay. put loops together. And some of these just sound like they've just been dropped out of that. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they, they sound very, like, free sample music, almost. I Yeah, and I like, I don't know. I mean, it's not a good indication because it's a music video, but in all the music videos I saw, he wasn't playing a synth. No. He was just, like, pressing a button and then jumping around the room. I think that's probably because it's a live show and he probably was playing... Doesn't want to be stood there playing. Yeah, I know that he yeah. he doesn't actually do them on a computer. He did. I mean, he ma- he oh, made okay. it nowadays that things are good. Yeah, but um, he used to use something called a Korg Electribe, which is like a real synth yeah, okay. machine. Okay. So he was doing it like properly in that respect in the studio. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but on on stage, if he's also got to like, sing yeah. and sort of be a front man it's probably easy to just press the button i guess so yeah and i will say like the uh, the intro the the track before enter shikari that's now just part of enter shikari mm. like i think that works because to me it sounds like um like the intro to a gig it sounds like yeah. the lights have turned off that's playing and then the band walks out and starts enter shikari yeah. but but i think that's because it's just synth pretty much with like some program drums yeah and then every time they meld the kind of riff, riff, riff with the beep boops, yeah. I it, it just does nothing for me. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry, Enter Shikari. There's one bit where it might actually be more keyboard than synth, I'm not sure, but later on where I really enjoy one certain bit of synth, but we'll come to that in a few songs. Um, okay, cool. So, No Sweat, we've already mentioned it's another one where they've taken this idea of workforce is not being treated well but they've got very hung up on their metaphor of biting the hand that feeds and it's literally just a song about 
biting hands. About nibbling on fingers. Yeah. Like, literally, that's what it is. That is literally it, yeah. It's very strange. So this also brings up uh, the bonus round for Rao's voices, which is his, like strange alter ego man who appears in the first verse of this song uh, and the only way I could describe him in my notes is man who's had his mouth sewn shut and is trying to sing <laughs> and he appears in the first verse when it says it's not over yet the very first instance of him going it's not over yet is sung exactly like hmm. this it's not over yet <laughs> and I don't know why no one told him to open his fucking mouth when he was singing that line that is such a spot on impression thank you it's taken me all week to master it because i was trying to figure out how he was doing it and i like i was just like what it appears at first the first time it appears is on um anything can happen in the next half hour but it happens a few times and this is mm. this is phase two i i literally put sewn mouth man returns i can't wait uh, to to hear your next uh record because impression. no no your next record oh, i think yeah. is gonna be you know the music that you do but with that vocal yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely it is. The song itself is like, you know, it's it's uh, it's all right. But that that just, oh, I can't stand it every time that happens. I don't get it. Yeah, it, it's odd. There's a lot of odd sound effects as well in this song. I've written that there's a weird feed, a guitar feedback noise coming out of the choruses, I think. It's somewhere, it just sort of goes like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that weird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do this every fucking time. That's a spot on impression as well. And then We should be an Enter Shikari cover band. Oh, my God. Oh no. <laughs> we found our calling, Kyle. We have. Let's do it. Okay, what would. Here's a little rabbit hole. What would a uh, cover band be called? Oh no, don't. Because you need a great name. What could we yeah. be called? Uh, sorry, we're not into Shikari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Or we could just do 30 minute sets and just call it Anything Can Happen in the Next Half Hour. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> except, except playing that song. Yeah. That's the only that, thing yeah. that will not happen yeah. in the next half hour. Yeah. And then it just goes from that into one of their clean songs. So yeah. there are two clean songs on this album. There's Today Won't Go Down in History and then later on Adieu. Do you want to know what my first note is for this song? Thank God. It's, hey, an actual good song. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Harsh, I know. I'm very sorry. No, I don't know. But yeah, I, I am a fan of the clean, Richard. It turns out yeah. that this is the sound I wish they had all the time. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of this one's song. I mean, it does. Obviously, it stands mm-hmm. out because it's... You've had a barrage of weird screams and uh, synths yes. and distortion, and then this happens. I th- I wonder how they would do this song live. I don't know if they would because it would be a very different vibe. But all the lines yeah. just completely overlap each other. Like it must yeah. be more than just him or more than him and Chris because there's so many layerings. Yeah, to do it live would be would be pretty impressive. I think everyone would have to be singing, and I don't know if the other two guys sing. Yeah. I don't know if no, I, I don't Rory know actually. And, uh, Maybe they do live. No. Yeah, it'd be cool. Maybe I'll have to look for a video of it. Maybe some of those growls are the other guys, but I, I don't think so. That's true. No, maybe Sewn Mouth Man is actually someone else. <laughs> um, I mean, Rory... And I'm getting all mad at Ralph. Rory is listed as doing backing vocals. Oh, um, does it say which ones? No, I mean... Good ones? <laughs> oh, it says Sewn Mouth Man. <laughs> oh, perfect. No, so it says uh, Rao does lead vocals, uh, Chris does co-vocals, and Rory does backing oh. vocals. Well, Co sounds like a, a big step up. Yeah, I've never heard of Co's Co vocals like... before. No. But uh, yeah, so this is quite an interesting song. I guess it's just saying, yeah. like, enjoy yourself because what you do isn't going to be remembered. So Yeah, I think that's quite a cool message for a song. You know, it's yes. not exactly happy, but it's an interesting take on, on what people would normally sing about in that regard, which is the exact opposite. Yeah, um, and I think that's interesting because both their clean songs actually have these quite, you know, much 
deeper ideas in them. They do. This is where I could listen to this sort of thing because his voice sounds good when he's singing. Like you say, the lyrics are, are pretty cool. Mm. Um, and yeah, and it's and I've even written the synth in this. This kind of like it's like layering the music instead of twinkling over the top. Mm. You know, it's like it's it's that sounds like good production instead of beeps and boops. Yeah, and then even though this song is clean, they then choose that this is a good time to do a slow reprise. I find that this is an odd placement. I agree. I've not even put notes in because I think the reprise is a waste of time and I don't yeah, think absolutely. it should be there. Both, both reprises are a complete waste of time. It's just yeah. slightly altered versions of the opening track um, yeah. or sections from it. I don't know why it needed it. The, the fact that the last song, it was clean, but then it does actually end with some some heavier bits and distortion. And then Return to Energizer starts like on a sixpence. I think you can yeah. just go straight from one to the other. Yeah, I agree. I think that would be a better transition than a stupid minute and a half of chanting for no yeah. reason. And, and I mean, we might as well talk about it now because there's no point finishing with it. But Reprise 2, why would you end an album with this? I, my, my notes are a rubbish way to end an album. And also I've written, though I don't remember it specifically, but I've written Sewn Mouthman again. So he obviously shows up oh, somewhere in there. Bloody hell. Can I just say, I just know, I've just laughed at myself in my notes. Apparently um, in, uh, this won't go down in history, I turned into Roger Ebert for a second. Oh. Because I, I've, ri- I've written at the end of my notes, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. <laughs> nice. That means I have to be Cisco. Yeah, it does. So um, so there you go. I don't know. I don't remember writing that, but it just made me laugh when I looked at my notes. Okay. So then we get into Return to Energizer, which again opens with Tone Mouth Man. Uh, what we I do are. quite like is that it's back and forth vocals and they're not sort of uniform numbers of syllables. So again, with what they were doing with that guitar riff in Anything Can Happen, it's like two syllables, three syllables, two, two, three, you know. Yeah, I've written, I think, I was trying to count it off. I think the, the intro goes between 5-4 and 6-4. Because right. it's like, there's a 5-4 and then a 6-4 and then back to a 5 and then a 6. Oh. And I think the verse is the same. Um, but then it does that absolutely amazing, which might be my favourite riff on the album, is the pre-chorus riff where he does the... Where it's got all the stops. And I absolutely, that riff is my favourite riff on the album. It's yeah, such that, a good... That is a good it's riff. It's mad. It's different. It's it's almost got that idea that of what, uh, what Architects were doing in their album of yeah i know that he's sort of going between different chords but you're effectively grouping one chord but doing asymmetrical rounds of it if you know what i mean yeah and yeah i'm really sorry the amount i'm referring to architects in this i'm not at all suggesting that they're like architects (laughs) you mean you're you mean you're sorry to architects that you keep bringing them up absolutely yeah of Um, course yeah so i've got another quote from rao about this song okay Oh, this my I my I have a similar thing here, so maybe we're about to maybe we've got the same notes. What have you oh, got? Um, so he says, "Energizer was written after I'd finally naively realised how how fake some people can really be." The opening section describes an experience where this person was putting on such a false happy character that they actually looked like a puppet or something with a smile that didn't fit their face. Then I use the whole quasar laser tag thing as a metaphor. These people need to return to the Energizer to reload their gun i.e. come to terms with whatever problem it is that's making them act and address it. Rethink their actions and don't be afraid to reveal their real feelings. Uh, yeah, I wrote, I wrote, Rue said the opening is about someone projecting a fake identity, but then it just goes off and makes laser tag references. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what we've been saying, you know, about Mothership and No Sweat. It's like, right, we, we're actually making a, 
statement in this song. No, but there's something cool. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Let, let's just do that instead. Sure. Yeah. It's almost like Rob, Rory and Chris ran into the room. They were like, Raoul, we're going laser tag. And he's like, nah, I've got to write this song. It's uh, it's about fake people. They're like, nah, nah, but we're going laser tag. And he's like, wait a second. <laughs> wait, I've got it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, because like after the chorus, there's only like four lines for the rest of the song. They just repeat themselves over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to happen a lot with the last few songs. Mm-hmm. Let me get on to Sorry You're Not a Winner. I really like this opening riff. It's like Trivium. It's like Bullet for My Valentine. Yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's got that. Like the you know, yeah. two low strings and then a... And I don't know how you feel about the clapping... But for me, having listened to this in like sort of party situations and festival situations as an right. 18-year-old, when I hear this song, I literally like it's involuntary that I clap along to that bit. Okay, yeah. it's, you're saying it's like the it's like the Friends theme tune of your generation. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is it like you like you say it's a cool thing that you know is like oh that's good for crowds. Yeah, like crowds are gonna. And I think that's that. exactly what's on their mind for the whole album they're just like what's going to work in a live show this song actually generally does stick to its theme for the most part yeah um about mm-hmm. being you know like a hapless yeah. gambler being addicted and sort of being so Ugh. far in that the only way out is to just keep going until you win um and just actually just going deeper and deeper down and it gets yeah. quite dark towards the end when he says goodbye your world is and then doesn't say what your world is but then the next lyrics are insert your coin please try again and it's sort of saying okay well you're either carrying on with gambling or it's saying like game over yeah that's a dark 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 twist just in that right at the end of the song yeah suddenly take a a quick left turn yeah yeah i i I think this song actually does sort of stay on course yeah which is cool and that works yeah that works much more than you know in the rest of the album where he does a verse and a chorus and then starts talking about an unrelated topic And somehow yeah. you're meant to just be like, ah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to talk to you about time signatures. Um, okay. So towards the end here, in the outro, there's chugging, which is like, yeah. So it's three notes, and the, he sort of does a double, four doubles on each one. But it sounds like it's in four four, and then you've got that like horrible sort of almost like horror sounding keyboard just going, wang 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 wang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then that's not in the same time as the dun 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 is it 4-4 this bit okay so that bit is actually in i mean it's in four but it's like four sets of four and then a two but it actually sounds more like it's in six four okay so he's doing six six sets of each note so it's it's like three three of each of each dun 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 dun. sorry four of each but but played across like six beats because um, it's on the it's on the up instead of it's not on the beat it's like in between yeah but like you could count it as four 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 two or yeah. three six fours I think mm. and three six fours makes more sense with the fact that he changes notes every six beats okay cool so, thank you yeah that's okay boring music talk. when I when I was referring <laughs> earlier to the synthy bit that I did like it's that sort of <laughs> horrory. Because it's not just like a... It sets a scene, doesn't it? It's like a tone of... of yeah. You know, it, it creates a mood. It's almost like Psycho, almost. It is, yeah. I don't like the bit just before that, though, when it goes, what, what, what? That weird, like, panned. <laughs> just because we've always got to put a dampener on every positive. Absolutely, yeah. I do sometimes quite like it when when bands really use the left and right channels to, like, do silly things. 
Oh yeah, me too. I think I prefer it in riffs. If there's nothing else you want to talk about, sorry you're not a winner. Uh, then we go on to Johnny Sniper. We sure do, which is a song that I quite like. Oh, okay, interesting. Do you want to, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I like. I don't really like the intro, like screamy bit, because it doesn't really fit in mm-hmm. the, with the rest of the song. There's a bit. It comes back in the middle as well, where he does a bit of screaming, but like it just feels tacked on and kind of pointless. Because um, I yeah. really like the feel of the verses, the kind of like slow. It's got a really nice melody to it. The bass line in the in the verses is bloody great. All the like do 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 that sort of stuff. Um, do 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 do. Yeah, and then it's got a lovely chorus as well. Uh, but I just feel like it's it's sort of marred at the very start by the just pointless four bar four lines of screaming. Yeah. Sorry, interesting. And then like, yeah. Why do you hate this song? I don't love it. Um, it's another one that feels very sort of silly to me because it's quite like bouncy and that um that sort of very bouncy like piano verse i'm not a huge fan of that it's once again got our favorite announcer going watch out kids it's johnny sniper or whatever he says um do you know who johnny sniper is did you find this out no no i i didn't even look it up. i just thought it was a weird like character they'd invented for this song who is well it? you're gonna love this it is a weird character that someone invented um, oh, okay. He was um, a character in the sex education videos at their school when they were younger. Okay, sure. And he was a pro contraception character in the videos. <laughs> okay. Uh, so much so that they they used to throw out Johnny Sniper condoms at their shows. Well, all right, sure. <laughs> Did you catch um, one, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I caught something. Um, <laughs> my notes on this are very like stream of consciousness yeah. because. Um, I said, like, this song is a call to arms about change to the environmental issues going on. And then I said, so where does Johnny Sniper come into this? Yeah. And then I said, this sort of sums up the band, throwing loads of things in. Some worked, some just feel extraneous. But then I realised what they actually probably are getting at is that contraception means stunting population growth. And that means saving the planet. That sure does. You're right. Yeah. Seems like a stretch, but it's... You know, I think they're actually making their point. I, on on yeah, on this album, I don't think it is. As <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. It was nice to hear you say, "Oh, I quite like this song," because <laughs> I'm not sure you said that yet. Um, Correct. Well, well, I'll tell you what. I'll say it about the next song. I really like this song. Okay. Adieu. Adieu again because it's yeah nothing like it's. I feel like all I could think when I was deciding how much I liked this is that it must say something that. It's the least Enter Shikari song on the album. And yeah. it's my favourite, which means I probably just don't like their sound. I think that's that's probably a, a fair bet, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as we said earlier, it's it's got some pretty interesting lyrics. I cherish my loss, a gentle reminder that life is unkind at the best of times. And that that's good songwriting. I was going to say, that's my favourite, like, you know, little verse on the album. That's yeah. that's a very, very good verse. And it comes across really well in the song. It's lovely. The yeah. first time I heard it, I was like, oh, some vocals and lyrics yeah. that I liked. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. How do, you, how do you feel about pan pipes, Kyle? Uh, I'm a big fan. You know me. <laughs> the more pan pipes, the better. I mean, I genuinely do love the sound of pan pipes. Okay. Um, Why, well, are we going to be doing Jethro Tull next week? <laughs> no, I, I was just kind of, uh, it is pan pipes in this song, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jethro Tull, I think that's a flute, isn't it? It is a flute. Yeah. So it's a summon. It's some woodwind instrument. So, <laughs> um, look, I, look, my, my references don't have to work, Richard. No, sorry, I'm just picking you off just, on everything. Just ballpark is fine. So 
What do you think of the line? He says, brace yourself because I think I'm coming for you. Do you think he's implying that he is about to die and he's joining the person he's lost? Yeah, I don't know if he's necessarily saying like he's imminently going to die, but maybe he just means mm. eventually, you know, like like eventually we'll be reunited as such. Yeah. I do. I must say, though, um, against all the things we've been saying, I actually really like the outro of this song. It's it's yes. the sort of thing that I um, and I I've never been able to understand what it is that I like and don't like when somebody repeats something and like sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and I wish mm. I knew what it was that makes me personally because we talked about at the end of Leviathan at the end of Hearts Alive how they just play the same riff for like two minutes straight yeah and how it's I I don't really like it and it's a bit too long but this is the same thing he's just singing the same line for like a minute and a half yeah and. For some he reason, repeats I really it like fifteen it. times. Yeah, and like, and it's great. It's the same as the end of One Day Like This by Elbow, where yeah. he just says, "Like that's like three minutes," and I and I love it. But like, why don't I love Leviathan doing kind of the same thing? I think what you've said, but you haven't realised maybe, is that you're talking about Leviathan. They're playing the same riff repeated, whereas Elbow and this song, it's the same line of lyrics repeated but the music is building underneath it that's true so there's actually progression in there as opposed to just the same riff 15 times yeah um that you're probably probably right and it it does you know it really swells to this sort of big crescendo it does Uh, i sort of feel like it'd be a good ending to the album especially since it's called adieu um to then go on to one more song is is a little bit annoying. Well, no, two more songs apparently. It is. It's a, yeah. it's bad tracking, isn't it? I like. I I mean, we'll talk about the next song in a second, but I don't really like it, and yeah. uh, I, I either wish it was much earlier in the album or just wasn't there at all. Yeah. And that this song, this should finish the album. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't know how you can listen to an album like you're sequencing an album, and be like, "There's a <laughs> listen to that outro. Let's put two yeah. more songs." Yeah, we've we got a song that's called goodbye and it's got this yeah. huge like, two minute outro should we put a song after that yes i think i think we should <laughs> yeah that's great perfect before we get on to the next song there is something that slightly annoys me about the intro in a here we go but yeah i like i do like it I, I do really like it but the fact that it repeats 15 times i think they could hold off on the big swell or at least bring it in more gradually the fact that it it comes in on the second rotation of the yeah, this song, yeah, yeah. and then you're already there, yeah. and then suddenly you're already at that peak. And apart from a few changes in how Rob's hitting the snare, nothing feels like it changes. Maybe it does because it just feels sort of bigger and bigger. But it actually hits that point very early on, and the yeah. fact that it still works is actually quite impressive. Um, yeah, cause, I agree with you because I think you could hold that a lot longer and, and sort of build that up. Build and build slowly, every, yeah. every two or every four. Yeah, I, yeah, that would that would be pretty cool. We've um, not really talked about it, but Rob is a great bloody drummer. Like he is, a, he a, is a good drummer. I mean, they're all actually good musicians. R- Rory's a good guitarist. Chris is a great yeah. bassist. Yeah, he really is. Um, I don't know who yeah. my sort of MVP of this album. I I always think about this. I never bring it up in the episode, but I always think about like who my MVP of the album would be. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If you, you want to know, I do. It'd be Bran. Bran from Leviathan. Yeah. Tom from All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Yeah. Um, what did we do last week? Oh, Chris Cornell, obviously, last week. Mm, yeah, I mean, and then every day. I don't, I don't know who it'd be. Maybe Chris Batten. You think? I think it would be, it'd be Chris or Rob for me, I think. Right, okay, yeah. 
Yeah, on this album, yeah. And we yeah. we haven't mentioned it, but we I've always got to put it in. The drums are panned the right way around. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Nice. It's all that matters. So we're on to effectively the final song, uh, which is yes. OK Time for Plan B. I quite like the sort of sleepy intro to this. Mm-hmm. At this point, do the screaming vocals work or am I just used to them? Do, uh, there's something that's slightly more competent about them in this song. and I don't know why. <laughs> Not for me, but I don't want to take. <laughs> I don't want to take your, uh, you know, your your joy away. I want this joy. late in the game. Yes. Yeah. This this song does a lot of things. It, it gets quite poppy, and then it does. Um, you know, they sort of throw all their screams in. There, there is that inhaled sort of barking. Oh um, yeah. When he says, "Let's settle this now," and then they do. I never know how to describe them, but they're the chords. I might just play it for you, like this, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't. I never know how to describe chords like that. You're on the on the G and the B, and you're effectively on two notes that would be next to each other on the same string. So you'd be on like eight on the G and then five on the B. Yeah. And it just makes this like really sort of hideous noise, <laughs> horrory, like discordant noise, and like yeah, a lot of early architects does that. But I, I never really know what what to say about no i mean it's a cool sound like on yeah. a guitar at least i mean obviously it's not n- musically a cool sound it's hideous no. but yeah but yeah i do like it but mm. does it have a name that kind of chord i don't know there's a because there's a you could play a, a tritone is more um what's called the devil's chord which is a, right. lot of, a lot of rock bands use that um which is uh like a first and then uh, a flat four i think let me just think a flat five sorry so what does that mean so that means so say you're in the key of d your yeah. first is a D, and the yeah. fifth, the fifth is an A, the fifth of a D. So right. you're playing a flat. So you're playing an, an A flat or a G sharp. So oh, D okay. and G sharp. So if you're playing on a guitar, you'd be like fifth fret on the A string, and then sixth fret on the D string. Yeah. So yeah. they're like, eh, and that makes a really horrible, but really like metal music kind yeah. of sound. Um, and it's that kind of thing. But I don't know if there's a there's a name for it, like you say, when it's literally two notes next to each other mm. on on separate strings, other than hideous but yeah <laughs> also really cool yeah it is great um but yeah this song sort of just goes around a lot of different things yeah there's gang vocals back in mm-hmm. the verse is just the same line basically four times yeah i there's no real structure to it like it, it's not you know what i mean there's no discernible yeah. sort of like chorus ver- verse it's just kind of like a bunch of like bridge refrain back to maybe a verse and then you know just does whatever it wants for a bit Quite yeah, strange. sort of chaos, almost. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> again, they sort of sound like they're dealing with the state of the planet. Yeah. Time has come to think again, look what you've done to yourself. This means war. But then the ending, if I'm not mistaken, is just literally about like mosh pits. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a cool, epic way of just talking about mosh pits at a concert. Yeah, you're right. It just sounds like something they'd shout to the crowd and the crowd would get excited. Yeah, exactly. And I think that sort of sums them up. Um, yeah. To to finish this, I want to read a quote from the Enemy review. Oh, I've got it in front of um, me as well because it's a fucking zinger. Go. This quote manages to completely miss the point of an album which is effectively <laughs> missing the point. But it also has an interesting point in it as well. Um, so it says, roughly, Take to the Skies is about doing girls, playing shows, doing girls after playing shows, which... I, it's about a lot of things. But I don't think it's really about that. Neither um, do I. Not at all. Uh, and then they say, uh, and the very theory hardcore was built upon, that if you scream it loud 
and for long enough, any made-up maxim can take on an almost mystical life-realigning significance. And I think they must have read that review before they wrote these songs because they just thought, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I just repeat it and just say it loud enough and weirdly enough, maybe it'll yeah. mean something. But I don't think yes. it does, guys. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. I don't think you can will meaning into the same inane line screen no. like six times in a row. Oh. So what did you want to say about the... Enemy? I just want to say this, like, it's one of my fucking favourite things ever in this review. There's a there's a bit in the middle where they're talking about their, like, success and the first MySpace success story. They're listing off their successes. Yeah. Here's what they are. Uh, they allowed them to sell out London Astoria, refuse a flurry of huge record label checks, and then bag yeah. the John Peel Award for Innovation at this month's NME Awards. It's like... You can't use your own award as like a thing that a band's done that makes them great. Like no. that's absolutely ridiculous. Well, that sounds prestigious. Who gave them that? Exa- that exactly. You. Oh, like, okay. Absolute <laughs> nonsense. Like, oh, they're so good. They won our award. Like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. That's just them saying, look, we think they're great because we exactly. gave them this award, and yeah, I have to have to validate why we gave them that award. Yeah. It's just an endless circle. They're great because we gave them an award telling them they're great and therefore yeah. they must be great. Like, yeah. oh, shut up. Nonsense. Um, so that's the album. This has been a different episode, really. I've, I've enjoyed having a, a having a negative I'm episode. I'm so glad. I was really worried you were going to be like, this is one of the classics of my youth. It's a banger start to finish. I mean, it sort of is, was one of the classics of my sort of late teens. But that's, as I said, like that's why part of the reason we're doing this podcast to, to revisit those albums and to see that maybe they weren't the best albums. You yeah. know, when we revisit some of Papa Roach or Limp Biscuit, it's probably <laughs> oh, not that good. I'm expecting them to fare very badly. <laughs> yeah, and I used to absolutely worship Papa Roach. Absolutely. Um, okay, so I think I might know the answer to this, Kyle, but is this going in your Hall of Fame? <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise, it is! It beats Soundgarden! woo <laughs> It is not, I'm afraid. Sorry, no. Enter Shikari, but no. No, any any notes to go with that or just plain no? It's just a big no. Just it's a full, no. all caps, exclamation yeah. mark. <laughs> Repeated 17 yeah. times. Yeah, of course, yeah, so that the crowd gets into it. <laughs> and over the top of it, I'm going like this. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I think to, to be slightly more serious, uh, I mean, it's not going in my <laughs> Hall of Fame, for sure. I think... What they achieved is impressive. What they absolutely you know, what, what they tried to do, I think, you know, it's very honourable. And the fact that they managed to do this without a label, um, all by themselves, and merge two things is pretty cool. But yeah, it's not a good album. Going back to it, no. And again, I mean, it means nothing. Like, obviously, loads of people like them. They're amazingly famous. Like you say, what yeah. they did is like was unprecedented at the time. It's incredible. Yeah. But like, uh, we just don't like it, and that's no. fine. <laughs> of know? course. Um, did you manage to find three songs that you would happily put in a playlist? I did. It was a stretch, but I did. Um, okay. Well, I mean, actually, I've, I've kind of already... They were the, pretty much the only two that I was positive about. So um, the first one is This Won't Go Down in History. Uh, yep. The second one is Johnny Sniper, which was kind of just like an I need a third song, so I should yeah. pick the one that I kind of am least angry about. And then it was uh, Adieu, which I do genuinely love. Fair enough. Okay. Well... I went for Mothership. Oh, okay. You love those aliens. I love those aliens. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these songs are sort of slightly ruined by the fact that I now know what they're saying. But yeah, um, 
yeah, I, I do like the riffs and the heaviness of Mothership. Um, so yeah. I've gone for that. I've gone for Sorry You're Not a Winner because I think that's, you know, I, th- I do think that's a good song and it stays on topic um, and it yeah. is heavy. Uh, and I also went for Adieu. Okay, well that means so, you're the only one going into the bizarrely, playlist this week. Yeah, <laughs> the song that's going the on a metal playlist. Least song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That works for me though because if I was ever going to listen to the playlist, this is the only, that's the only one I'd want to be on there from this album. So yeah, I think we probably got to make a caveat that that song stays at the end of the playlist forever. Like True. whatever we enter onto the playlist, that one stays at the end yeah. so that it, it closes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But we've obviously learned nothing today in regards to how to put together a playlist. (laughs) That is interesting that that's the only song. I thought there might be a chance that we would uh, match quite a lot because for me, I was thinking there aren't that many good ones. So maybe Carl thinks the same. But yeah, I, I I was even torn just including Adieu because it's A, as you say, it's not very interesting, but also I was thinking of the playlist it's going on to. Um, so that's probably why might I didn't need, might need also a include. Yeah, we might yeah. need a breather, yeah. But that's probably why yeah. I also didn't include Today You Won't Go Down in History. Um, but yeah, okay, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so now we need to find our album for next week. We do. So what am I doing? What uh, are you doing? I've got the random number generator this week. You've got the, the uh, spreadsheet. Just in case this is your first episode that you're listening to, we have got a big spreadsheet that we are constantly adding to of a list of albums and we will use a random number generator to decide what we're going to choose for next week. Yeah. So are you ready? I'm ready. Go for it. I'm about, here it comes. It is number 109. Ooh, that's going to be one of the, the strange additions towards the end. Oh. What is oh, it? Oh, okay. This is uh, Tremonti. Oh. All I Was. All I was, Tremonti's debut album. Okay. I I know this album reasonably well. I also I've not listened to it in a couple of years actually. No, I, same. when it came out, I was I was uh, I was big on it because Because we've got a couple of Tremonti albums on the list. I haven't really listened to the others, but um okay. yeah, I, I did listen to All I Was. So yeah, this is gonna be interesting. This is gonna be interesting. Cool. Nice. Okay. Well, that's most of the show. Kyle, if people want to get in touch, how would they do that? Apart from talking so, to aliens to uh, to beam us down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You just What you do is you just shout the same thing at us a hundred times. <laughs> uh, and eventually we'll probably start listening. No, so if you want to email us, you know, questions, theories, you can disagree with theories. Theories about what? About the alien songs, I guess. Theories. Um, you know, but like, you, know, you can disagree with us, you can agree with us, you can uh, just shout at us and tell us we're idiots. Or you want to, you know, more helpfully potentially tell us albums that you'd like us to do in future because we always want to be adding to the list. We are at uh, chewthemetal at gmail.com or you can get us on Instagram or Twitter at chewthemetal. Nice. And always remember to subscribe and leave us a lovely five-star review and rating. Oh, yes. If you, if you would like to. No, not if you would like to. You have to. No, you must. Yeah, you... I think there's something that we've embedded into the the thing that this will just keep playing on repeat until you do subscribe yeah. <laughs> and, and leave yeah. us a five star review. So uh, you you sort of should do it, I guess. Um, cool. Okay. Well, that's we've been talking for long enough about an album we don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Going to edit this down now. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'll see you next week. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Goodbye. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs>
Siva diva diva. Right, uh, let's um, let's do a clap. Okay. Three, ready? two, one. Perfect. Lovely. Not a problem. Well, for, um, for this episode, we we should have done. We should have. Damn it. Missed missed an opportunity. Then. Missed an opportunity. Do this one more fucking time, and I'll bite your fucking fingers off. <laughs>